It all comes down to experience. You can read a book all you want, but actually go out and do it. Being that we've been doing this for over eight plus years, we understand the numbers. We understand how you want to break it down. We understand production. We understand the workflow. And a lot of people may be a very good grower at home or at small scale. But when you take that to perpetual grows, and you have hundred plus thousand plants growing, you're harvesting every day. That takes a complete different type of skill set, and that's something that we're very versed in over the years. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Terry Buffalo from American Cannabis Company. Terry, welcome to the show. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me on your show today. Well, I'm really glad to finally have you on the show. American <laughs> Cannabis Company has been around for so long. I'm shocked that we haven't had you on already. You've been in the business for geez, over eight years and you're really known for your end-to-end consulting and from helping clients get licenses to designing and constructing and even managing their facilities, your team really understands the business of cannabis. And one of the things that got me really excited when I was preparing for this interview is that I found out that you recently are making a transition from just helping clients get their licenses to actually taking equity positions and, and even acquiring companies. What prompted this move? Dan, the, the, the business, as you said, has made its, its name on going into new markets, writing applications, doing business plans, and pro formas to you know, the, the, the build out. And we also know that the, the runway is short because there's only so many states that are going to continue needing that type of service. And so we started looking to be able to figure out a way to levelize our cash flow and really roll out a brand, the American cannabis brand, and what we stand for. So we started about two years ago looking at uh, tweaking our business model. We're going some revenues in some of these markets to try in exchange for equities. Those did not work out well for us because of the rules change in like Oklahoma and Missouri. So what we're doing now, we're strictly just looking for acquisition opportunities in the Colorado market and some of the other states that are, I'll use the word friendly or to uh, public companies. Not mm-hmm. all states want public companies running and operating uh, cannabis in their state. Okay. It makes a lot of sense given the fact that Really, you're, you're the experts at this, and and the licensees are not. In many cases, they're just beginners. So it seems like the likelihood of success for somebody like you coming into this is far greater. I was thinking about this and coming up with ways that we could paint some scenarios for people that are out there. And I, I came up with two scenarios, and I was hoping you could walk me through it. But let's just say that I'm a newly licensed business. Why does it make sense to team up with American Cannabis Company? It all comes down to experience. You can read a book all you want, but actually go out and do it. And being that we've been doing this for over eight plus years, some of our staff is much longer. We've made a lot of mistakes. We've seen a lot of mistakes, and those mistakes can help you to avoid those same mistakes other people have made. We understand the numbers. We understand how you want to break it down per square inch, per light, per square foot, whatever. We understand production. We understand the workflow. And a lot of people may be a very good grower at home or at a small scale. But when you take that to perpetual grows and you have 100 plus thousand plants growing, you're harvesting every day. That takes a complete different type of skill set. And that's something that we're very versed in over the years that we've been doing this. 
Yeah. And why reinvent the wheel? Like, why should you make the same mistakes that other people have made? Why, if you can avoid them, it seems like a no brainer. Let's go to the second scenario. And this would be for people that are, are experienced, people that have been through this, established cannabis operators. Why does it make sense to let you acquire them? You know, you have a lot of people who got in the space and it's to the point now they know that to take it to the next level, they're going to have to have additional expertise and capital behind them. When you have a one and two store location, it's hard to compete now in a different market. So we bring a much more brand awareness and expertise and capital we can bring to the business and hopefully work out a deal over six months to 12 months to make it mm-hmm. beneficial for both parties to join uh, together. Yeah, I, I think you're right that there's a time where it's going to be tough to compete with the multiple locations. I thought I read someplace that you do some licensing where you maybe license your name. Is that another yeah. option? License our name and also our SOPs and our growing styles because we do have a very interesting style of growing we call Jenks, which is basically we've taken the best of both worlds. We've taken hydroponics and we've taken a living soil and combined those. And so we create this whole new concept of cage-free cannabis. People are more interested in now in eating healthier, organic. And so we basically take the same approach of our cannabis consumption, cannabis growing. You know, are you concerned on what you're putting in your body? And if that's the case, we definitely have the, the product for that consumer. You touched on your proprietary products. Maybe you can expand on it a little bit. I saw the Soham Living products. Is that how you yes. pronounce it? Soham so Living Soham. Product or Living Solio? Yes, Soham Living. Now, this was created many years ago for really bringing up the terpene profiles in the cannabis. However, it is a product that's made from start all the way to finish. So what's nice about this eliminates all the guessing, adding chemicals, changing this, doing that. So basically, it's just add water from start to finish, and you get a very high-quality product uh, and very clean. There's no flushing or anything of that sort. And so, again, it's almost as we call it the Chia Pet method because just water and let it grow. Man, that's great, the Chia Pet. I love it. With COVID, has it created acquisition opportunities? Yes and no. Some of the opportunities now because of the uh, the, the, the cannabis business take, has taken off since March, April with COVID. You've had a lot of people now going back to these outrageous multiples. You do a million in gross, you're losing a million. They think it's worth three million now because it's essential. And the whole capital markets have changed over the last year in general. You know, it used to be about top line numbers. Now it's actually about running a business and having some bottom line profit because the investors are tired to seeing millions of dollars in a sense blown in this market so it has created some opportunities but again people are getting uh, greedy and on the other side of it you have people just maybe throwing up their hands because they're not able to compete but again once you start negotiating all of a sudden their value goes up tremendously yeah and that's what the biggest problem we've been having we negotiate negotiate and then 11th hour they want to change the deal and um, just not our, our method our style yeah, I think that's part of the negotiation process. I think people always ex- expect they want to get the most for their value out of there. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Pre-COVID, we heard that a lot of MSOs were just gobbling up licenses almost as soon as they were issued. And there were a lot of licensees' objective was to get the license so that they could flip it. Right. And And I understand that some of the MSOs are flushing some of their licenses or passing them on, does that create an opportunity? It does. In certain markets, it would be interested in, by all means, like I say, not all markets, again, are friendly to public companies, but most of these MSOs are public. So if they're in a market, it's probably a market we would like to uh, venture into. 
You mentioned that you're public, and I, I see that you're trading on the OTC under symbol AMJ. That's AMJ. A lot of our listeners were really deep into the cannabis stock market, and unfortunately, they got beat up. But I think the, the liquidity aspect of a publicly traded cannabis stock is always going to be attractive. And it's at what point does it make sense for cannabis investors to get back in and buy some cannabis stock? Just having the election, just part of the election passed us now. Yeah. <laughs> at least the cannabis side is five states are on the initiative cleared. So we're already seeing a pickup in activity coming in. This whole COVID has really slowed down our type of business, not being that we're touching the plants. A lot of projects have stopped. But now that we're starting to see a turn uh, with these new states looking to come on in 2021, you never know the right time. It's always a guessing game. You can't get out and guess the market or whatever time the market. But we always see momentum when we start having new states come on. And also just the investors' wants are changing. Again, they're wanting companies that are actually producing a net number as opposed to just a top-line number. So I feel personally over the next few months, there's probably going to see a lot more capital uh, coming back into the cannabis space from investors and also capital into the companies to make acquisitions or expansion. I hope you're right. I hope you're right because, this would, yeah, it'd be good for the entire industry. Yeah, I think so. I know we just briefly touched on all the services that American Cannabis Company offers. But if you want to learn more, if you'd like to discuss possible mergers or acquisitions, we have the links in the show notes. And you can just connect with Terry directly and resume this conversation offline. Terry, appreciate you being on the show. Dan, thank you so much. And hope you have have me back sometime in the near future. Uh, For sure. For sure. Let's just get through this election baloney and (laughs) get the show on the road. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.